Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Innocence Redeemed Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Bergman, and today's podcast was not planned per se, but is based on a dream I had in the overnight hours of September 19th. The title, based on what I was shown in this dream, is going to be called The World Will Become One Big Shantytown. Now, this isn't going to be a long episode, and it's very straightforward in what I believe I've been shown and what is coming. And um, toward the end, I'll go over some verses as they pertain to this dream. Now, I want to emphasize before I continue in sharing what I've been shown that anyone with younger children should screen this podcast first and use discernment as to what you allow certain age groups to hear. As much of what I was shown um, is adult-themed and oriented, and it may not be suitable for those with younger children present, so just a forewarning. This dream is highly prophetic, and it may not be suitable for younger listeners, so if you have the option of listening privately, I would recommend doing so. Additionally, you may want to do so just for the fact that anyone who has seen something this powerful will no doubt need a moment to reflect on what they've seen or what they're hearing. And I know I did when I woke up today after having it. It was very unsettling, to say the least. And I will note before I begin one thing about this dream, and that is, thankfully, there were no children present in the things I'm about to describe to you. Now, once again, the title indicates the world will become one big shantytown. So before we continue, to those who are unaware, just for the record, let's define what a shantytown is. A shantytown is an area containing squatters, drifters, at least that's how it's defined in the United States. It's a settlement of impoverished buildings known as shanties or shacks, typically made of materials such as mud and wood and scraps of building materials, things like that. It could even be an abandoned building. A typical shantytown is squatted, usually by vagabonds, that is just, you know, drifters, people who move from place to place. And more often than not, they lack inadequate infrastructure, including proper sanitation, safe water supplies, electricity, and sewer systems. And just as well, oftentimes, crime is present in most cases. And so that's what it looked like in the dream I had. I seemed to be walking through a wasteland. And actually, the way it appeared was that it was in a desert area. There wasn't much around. And what little was present were abandoned buildings, or maybe motels that had once been, all in disrepair, of course. You know, so I asked myself, had the war taken place? The skies were gray while it was light, but in most of the dream, it seemed to be at night. There was no electricity, and you could see fires coming from makeshift fire pits or metal barrels and trash cans. And I say they looked like abandoned motels because what I saw looked like there were beds or cots of some sort. And in some cases, there were rooms. I walked through one of these buildings and I saw people with blank stares on their face. You know, just sitting there, staring off into a blank space like they had no hope in them anymore. And they were emotionally void. That's the best way I can describe it, as if they had been traumatized by something. There were those working, quote-unquote, just to be able to eat. In other words, they were fornicating with strangers just to have something to eat, and what they did have 
if they were given anything at all, was next to nothing. It was mainly women, but I did see some men taking part as well in those activities. And it appeared many of them were taking drugs or perhaps being given drugs to numb their pain. It was as if they couldn't get food, so they took drugs to try and forget what they were going through as a means to escape their hopelessness or face what they had to do in order to survive. It seemed many in between were sitting there waiting, just existing to get their next fix. They were very malnourished and acting mechanical in their actions, those who were moving about. And I saw what looked like roaming gangs just coming by to take advantage and plundering and taking anything they could, including helpless victims. And if there was nothing to take, they were fornicating with those who were under the influence of these drugs and then moving on. All I know is this was what I kept seeing on repeat in the dream. And it was as though it was an endless loop and there was never a stop to the lawlessness and hopelessness. It was actually more graphic than even what I've described here, but given by what I've said, you get the idea. And I don't need to go into more specifics than that. You don't want to know the things that I saw. Let me just say that when I woke up, it brought tears to my eyes because I believe firmly that it's showing me a time in the future. You know, in this dream, I even saw some of these gangs even abandon some that were with them initially and move on without them leaving them in these desolate places if they weren't just shot dead and left behind on the side of the road. And that right there in itself demonstrates the level of betrayal that will be at hand at this time. You know, even those who think they're going along with the lawlessness, they'll be expendable too. And you know, in closing, I want to just uh, mention that also in this dream, it didn't seem like anyone could see me or that interaction was very limited. I think the most interaction I may have had was shouting at somebody to get me out of there because I saw them with a vehicle that was barely running. And I remember starting to walk again along the road, but then I was like, okay, I've seen enough. And in that moment, I called out to the Lord and the dream ended. Now, this morning when I woke up, I sat there having my coffee, just trying to reflect on what I had been shown. And then when I went to go write this down for the blog, I began pulling scripture that I felt was relevant. So let's take a look at some relevant scripture as it pertains to this dream. Jeremiah 51 verse 2, And I will send winnowers to Babylon, who shall winnow her and empty her land? For in the day of doom, they shall be against her all around. And, you know, in case anybody doesn't know, the definition of winnow, by the way, it means to sift, to separate. And is it clear at this point the righteous were already removed from the earth because that's exactly what it looked like in this dream I had. But then if we look at Jeremiah 51, moving on to verse six, flee from the midst of Babylon and everyone save his life. Do not be cut off with her iniquity for this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. He shall recompense her. Verse eight, Babylon has suddenly fallen and been destroyed. Wail for her, take balm for her pain, Perhaps she may be healed. In what I saw, not saying that God can't do miracles, but it looked like it was beyond the point of return. Verse 9, still in Jeremiah 51. We would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. Forsake her and let 
us go, everyone, to his own country, for her judgment reaches to heaven and is lifted up to the skies. Then if you are still in Jeremiah 51 and you go forward to verse 37, Babylon shall become a heap, a dwelling place for jackals, an astonishment and a hissing without an inhabitant. Probably why in the dream it looked like everything was just void and there was nothing around for miles. And then what you did come up on was like shanty towns. They were like little groups of villages or little bits of buildings where people were gathering and they were doing unsavory things just to stay alive. And, you know, as a side note, Revelation 2 gets into the loveless church, the persecuted church, the compromising church, and the corrupt church. I'm going to read from Revelation 2, verses 19 through 23, as demonstrating the corrupt church as I believe it applies to what I possibly was being shown in this dream. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience, and as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you, because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her into the great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. So, you know, on Revelation 2, when you look at verses 21 through 22, you'll note that verse 22, where it says, those who commit adultery with her will be cast into the great tribulation. And this verse is key because based on what I was shown, it appeared to be in the great tribulation as everything was completely barren and it appeared nobody had hope. Some of these people may have initially thought that what they were doing was good, but their hearts were not really in the right place. And you may recall in the Judgment Part 1 series where I talked about another dream I had where I specifically heard have nothing to do with them. And that is those who are in the sin of fornication, you know, perversion and sleeping around or being complacent. And that's going along with it. Now, remember when I read from Jeremiah 51 just a moment ago in regards to winnowing? That's the separation. So just wanted to mention that again, this time quoting that scripture in case anyone thought I was being too harsh. Revelation 2 verses 21 through 22 lay this out, so you know it's not just coming from me. You may not be taking part in the actual sin yourself, but if you're associating with those who do, you're condoning it. And that's just as bad because you can't say you serve the Lord, but then continue to associate with those who live lifestyles that are contrary to the word. In other words, if you're not against it, you're essentially approving of it. And you'll essentially be shown this error, which leads us to verse 23. I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. Be very careful as to who you follow and what you put into practice and what you believe, because being misled, there's not time for that. You know, as Revelation 2 states, there's a lot of Jezebels, especially on YouTube, running around telling people the wrong ways. 
and misleading people as a result. Now, before I continue, this is why I made mention of the different churches in Revelation 2, because you will likely be persecuted and called names for standing by what you believe and putting the truth faith into practice. And I mention this because I've already come across people who have told me, literally, that family members or friends have said, oh, you take the Bible too literally. Well, there's a good reason people take the Bible too literally. And you should take it seriously. You know, you should fear God, who can destroy the body and throw the soul into hell. You want to be knowing where you are right now with the Lord, rather than assuming all is well and risking a first-class trip into the tribulation, because just based on the few things I have shared in this dream today, it's not going to be pleasant just witnessing those things, okay? Ezekiel 32, verse 15. When I make the land of Egypt desolate, and the country is destitute of all that once filled it, when I strike all who dwell in it, then they shall know that I am the Lord. You know, Ezekiel 33 covers hearing and then not doing. And when we specifically look at verses 28 through 29, for I will make the land most desolate. Her arrogant strength shall cease and the mountains of Israel shall be so desolate that no one will pass through. Then they shall know that I am the Lord when I have made the land most desolate because of all their abominations, which they have committed. Forget for a moment, everything else. The wickedness that will be running rampant at that time, you know, things being done in broad daylight, and that's if there is any daylight. Remember that most of what I saw was at night, but what I saw during the day, it was overcast. These things, they'll be so appalling, so horrific, so sickening, and feel so hopeless that anyone in that will seek death, yet not be able to find it. And as a matter of fact, Revelation 9 verse 6 even says, In those days men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, and death will flee from them. That should translate to anyone with ears to hear that everything on the earth will become so vile, you will not even want to exist. And that's how it felt at the end of that dream. I felt trapped like I couldn't get out in any of my own will. Because essentially I couldn't. There was nowhere to go. It was only when I called on the Lord after I had seen enough did he get me out of the dream itself. And you know, all that mentioned, that's not even including what it will smell like, okay? Thankfully, in the dream, I was spared from the smell. But when I began reflecting on this dream when I woke up, I began thinking on the fact that it will smell so bad. And I mean, really bad. Everything will reek of death and decay. I mean, think about it. There's going to be no sanitation services. There would be bodies laying everywhere. And there's going to be rampant disease and hunger. Just imagine the worst conditions after a disaster and people living in squander. That's what it will be like. Suddenly, that sin isn't looking so good, is it? You know, what sins? Approving a murder, doing drugs, taking part in or going along with debauchery. It's not looking so hot, is it? And for those who continue in these aforementioned sins, it will be hot all right, 
because it will be a preview of what hell is like with no escape. When we take a look at Romans chapter 1, specifically verses 20 through 31, these verses are key because they speak to God's wrath on unrighteousness. You know, at some point, God gives those who are unrighteous over to a reprobate mind. And in some ways, we're already seeing some of that. But let's go over Romans chapter 1, specifically verses 20 through 31. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness, in the lusts of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, this is verse 26, for this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged their natural use for what is against nature. And that's what I was seeing in the stream without going into detail. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. And that's another thing I had to witness in this dream. It was, guys, it was disturbing. Uh, I, 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 I can't even go into all the detail. That's why I got on to share this. Because at some point, God's going to give people over to a reprobate mind if they continue in these things. Going on in verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. No, it says approve of those who practice them. That is going along with it. That's condoning it. Why is all this important to mention with this dream today? Because no matter how bad things get for the time we're here, we need to keep the faith and stand strong in righteousness, even as lawlessness seems to be winning for a time. We do not want to see what I have described here today. You know, on a further note, some ministers of the word have been shown what hell looks like. And I believe the reason for that is to warn people what they're facing. I have not been shown, and I hope I never am. But for all intensive and illustrative purposes, I have been given a glimpse of what it will look like here in the earth in the future. And what I saw in that dream will be a literal hell on earth at that time. And folks, you do not want any part 
of that. Nor do you want that eternally where there is constant weeping and gnashing of teeth. Because in that dream, there was a lot of weeping, if not just comatose blank stares. Lawlessness was straight up rampant. Everyone appeared to be ripe for the picking, and lawlessness ruled the day. Everyone appeared to do whatever they saw fit just to stay alive and face yet another day, whether it was their own, whether it was human desires or whether or not they did what they had to do to survive. It doesn't matter. They were left for a time that was unsavory, to say the least. So let all of that sink in for a moment. I don't know about you, but I don't even want to imagine living in such a time. You know, going back, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. How does that relate? I want to take a look at Revelation 18, 1 through 6. After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. What I saw in the dream. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Render to her, just as she rendered to you, and repay her double according to her works. In the cup which she has mixed, mix double for her. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Continue serving the Lord and doing what's right. Continue to study his word and learn what you ought to do and what you ought not to do. Come away and out from among those who do not do what's right. Remember, if you come away from the world, know that it, that is the world, also hated Jesus and that he said they will call us worse and hate us too. To quote John chapter 15, verses 18 through 25, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin, but now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened, that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law, they hated me without a cause. Think of how patient God is for those who are lost. That is 
how much he loves us. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, but wants everyone to come to repentance. Continue to pray for the lost. And ladies and gentlemen, it is constantly why I tell you to consider your ways and do what is right, even if everyone else around you doesn't. We must do our best to stand strong for the Lord, even in the face of adversity. That said, that's all I have for you right now. Jesus bless you. Thank you for listening.